We make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Hello and welcome uh, to Things Worth Considering. I am Gord Riddell and I'm here with my co-host Alexia Georgiousis. How are you, Alexia? I'm well, Gord. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. In spite of everything... I'm still sitting up, you know? <laughs> so just so everyone knows, we're a weekly talk show uh, where we look to put ideas out there for you to ponder and maybe try, and we hope they just might help make your lives a little smoother, kinder, and gentler. Um, now, we are live, and we welcome you to call in and uh, have a chat with us, uh, share your story. Uh, we're at uh, one eight eight eight. Three four six nine one four one, and that is a toll-free number anywhere from North America, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, now, you know, there's a, everything's going on about this pandemic right now, and I don't mean the you know the U.S. elections, uh, <laughs> although it <laughs> is going a little out of control. Um, but with the the COVID COVID uh, uh, nineteen, you know, there's there's a, another pandemic that's going on that is you know. It's beginning to pick up its own speed, and uh, you know, well, the COVID nineteen is is you know moving into its second wave. There has been a pandemic going on that really is very silent, and also, unfortunately, is very deadly. Um, and I'm talking about addictions, um, mm-hmm. specifically with substance abuse. Uh, you know, which includes alcohol. Uh, is not just drugs, but the rate of overdoses and deaths, for instance, from opioids, has been skyrocketing. But we're not hearing anything about it. Right, we are being not. overshadowed by yeah. the pandemic uh, yeah. uh, with uh, COVID. We also are overshadowed by the U.S. election, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. But there is uh, a lot of people that are dying that we're not even aware of. Here's an example. Of, you know, from January to July of this year in British Columbia, mm-hmm. there were 728 deaths as a result of drug overdoses. Do you know how many there were from COVID-19? No. How many? 189. And yet wow. we didn't hear of those 728 people. Well, and that's, and that's part of this is that you're right. There's so much hidden sort of underlying, whether you want to call it collateral damage or whatever that's happening. And I know from colleagues of mine who are in, uh, who are psychotherapists, as, as you know as well, and working with whether it's OCD or suicide risk and the stress levels, everything is up, right? We know that oh, yes. child abuse, uh, domestic violence, yep. all of this has increased. And yet there's a real sense of helplessness and, uh, you know, the reason, I don't know why we're not hearing about it. I feel like, is it just going to add to the overwhelm? But it's important for us to be aware of this as well. Well, you know, addictions has always been about isolation. Yeah. It has always been about, you know, the, that loneliness, that on your own. Yeah. And, and so one of the things that has happened is with COVID, it's reinforced the isolation. Yeah. It's also broken down 
what you know in terms of you know people getting some of this stuff illegally uh their their normal people aren't around they're they're also isolated so sort of the borders are shut mm-hmm. they're you know so how the stuff is coming into countries how it's crossing into the borders from wherever and blah 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 and it's getting mixed in with really horrible crap the people don't know who they're buying from or what the source is um, there's a whole lot of disruption around that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, d- you know, one of the things, you know, that's really fascinating in this field is, is, uh, uh, Portugal decriminalized drug use or drug possession. Not, they didn't make it legal. They decriminalized it. What so kind you, of drug, drug, possession? any drug, every drug, oh, okay. every drug, uh, both prescription and, and, uh, uh, you know, what we call street drug, you right, know, right. um, for possession of your for your own use, there's you know it's not criminalized at all. Hmm. Um, uh, unlike you know Canada and the U.S., where you know you're going to have a long trial and and the whole thing. Um, now everybody is like, oh my god, that's terrible. You know, again, it's not legalizing it; it's decriminalizing it. It's quite different. Big difference. Um, big difference. Yeah. yeah, it's a big difference. But the the overall rate of usage, death, overdose, has dropped. Substantially, I believe that. In I, it's it's that's and and to me, I think that that is incredible to basically shift the relationship and the also the judgment or the sense of consequence because yes. you know that that sense of of you're going to get in trouble, you're doing something wrong, and and again, you you know, you mentioned around this hidden aspect and addictions are in secret; they're very private, they're very yep. intimate. It's a very intimate relationship. Because yep. to me, it's like a I, lover. It is. It is, and it's people it's often not, describe it that way. Yeah, it's and it's never the substance or the behavior. It's the relationship to the substance or the behavior. Absolutely. So, so whatever that relationship is, and it can be an addiction. I mean, I know we're talking more about uh, substances, but behaviors are very addictive, right? When you look at whether it's extreme as anorexia nervosa or worry or obsession, OCD, there this can become very, very addictive. Or work, or exercise, or work, or exercise, yeah. or sex, or yeah. what, it doesn't matter. All the good stuff. Pornography <laughs> on the internet, um, well, all, of, yeah. all of those things, you know, any one of those that we put a value to that gives us relief. Yeah. And, and well, one of the temporary things relief, often, temporary but that's relief, just it. Right. Well, let me finish the sentence, girl. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, know, I mean, there's, there's all these, these things, but one of the big ones is, and I know people talk about it, is boredom. That a lot of people don't recognize the role that boredom plays in any sort of addictive behavior. Right, right. You know? I, I, and that's one of the things they get the relief from. But it is yes. very short-lived. It is very short-lived. And it's a very, you know, uh, it's a very seductive, uh, uh, you know, experience to be in some sort of an addiction because it, it is a brain disease, I mean, they're, well, they're absolutely our brain changes. Well, our brain, but also, you know, from a from a more whether you want to call it, you know, a, a sort of a shamanic perspective or indigenous perspective, it's the soul sickness where there's a disconnect from the inner self, yes. and so that reaching is the outwards the to try, yeah, to try, you know, Gabor Mate, right? He wrote feeding the hungry ghosts. That's right. But but all of this, there's different ways to look at it, and I think we have to 
also consider, especially with COVID right now, and this whole idea of what Julie had been talking about on the show last week around systems, and looking at how do we approach addictive behaviors, and what works and what doesn't. So the Portugal example is very interesting. It's, it's fascinating. It's, it's showing that there's actually something that can work to an extent that helps people say, like live longer. Yes. And, you know, the, the boredom piece that you were just saying, I remember taking a, a, some training a, a while back, and part of that training said that boredom is the gatekeeper of the soul. Mm. And when mm-hmm. we can't stay in boredom, and we're looking to either go extreme up, extreme high, or an extreme low, but what becomes addictive is that pattern or that imprint, because absolutely. it starts, and absolutely, the brain starts to want that and, and wants and to feel that. And you don't realize that. your brain's changing. Exactly. This exactly. is the problem, you know. And then, of course, if anybody brings it up, we have to defend it enormously. I mean, it's the, you know, suggest to somebody that they're used, you know, too much cannabis, too much, you know, alcohol, and you're in for, you know, a knockdown drag out, only if you choose to, but people will defend it uh, uh, to the death. I mean, it's like defending, defending your spouse. Yeah, you know, or Very your brother, or your sister, or whatever. You know, there are 128 people die every day in the United States from opioid overdose. That includes both prescription opioids and illegal drugs. That's from the CDC, Center for Disease Control. Uh, that's that's, that's a lot stats. of people. That's a lot. It's, of a, people. it's incredible. Uh, by the end of February of this year in the U.S. From February to February, there were 74,780 deaths. Wow. 74,700 wow. people, you know. Yeah. Uh, there are regional differences. Arizona, for instance, their drug use went up 18% uh, through February. California was 19. Mississippi, 40. New York wow, 40. was only 5%. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that, that, that interesting? That, that was interesting. That really and, surprised and, me, actually. And you also, I also wonder, this is, you know, what's being reported or documented. There's so much that hasn't been. But I wonder yes. if that's a, a something to do with, I'm curious around if socioeconomic status or whether it was, you know, who these people were that were, um, you know, recorded as their... They recorded the, deaths. No, but, but recorded deaths, but who were they? Like what socioeconomic status they came from, you know, right were across the board with opioids, right across the board. Yeah, yeah. You know, this just it is that people people have a tendency to associate a socioeconomic, you know, homeless, uneducated, no unemployed. And they may be at the end because that's where the addiction took them. Yes, a very good point. It's actually, not where they started point. from. Yeah. No, that's but not where they started using. Right, right. You know, and that's and that's what makes it so, you know, uh, um, stigmatized. Definitely. You know? um, the one thing, you know, in terms of us talking about it is there can be no shame around this. No. We have no. to understand that every last person who is listening and you and I can have an absolute propensity towards any any kind of an addiction. Easily. And sure. it, could, it easily, it's, it is, I do believe that it is really, you know, reaching, and I've, I've learned this from, from some other training I had, but it is a reaching for connection. 
but it's reaching outwards where we become sort of uh, overly ruled by our senses. So it's that sense of wanting more, you know, more stimulation from mm -hmm. whatever it is, more escapism. And, and part of it is we do not have, or at least we don't have necessarily, the, we are taught the tools of how to manage difficult feelings in a way oh, that, you know, or, and we chase pleasure, you know, pleasure, sure, people want to stay in that state maybe, but it's something to, related to control, it's something related to not having enough, not being enough, and again, feeling connected through food, whatever it is, this is going to make me feel better. Right. You know? Right, exactly. And, and it, you know, some, some drugs are like, we'll, we'll give people a, for instance, cocaine, alcohol, methamphetamines, give people a false sense of confidence. Yeah. You right. know, they right. feel, you know, more, more uh, uh, they feel stronger, better, you know, run faster, blah, blah, blah. You know, there, there's a whole theory um, that I've, I've read that Hitler and, and the senior SS people were all on methamphetamines. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, which would kind of say, well, okay, that, that really, you know, tells us a few things. But, you know, um, the, 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 the other side of those mountains is a really horrible depression that can set in. You know, they can also, you know, definitely lead towards suicide. Um, well, and I, and I do think that's the idea of the soul sickness. So if people, you know, in different countries... Um, I, I think that looking at whether how to alter the state of consciousness so that someone can actually see that the addiction to a particular substance is really not the healthiest path for them in terms of their soul journey. Right. And, and uh, you know, we, we don't have that set up in North America. Well, we no, because you see, in North America, what we have done is anything that's kind of yucky, we've moved out and let somebody else take care of. From childbirth to death. People don't have very few. It is a trend, but it, ain't, it isn't a big one. Most people go to the hospital to have children. Uh, if they're at risk, of course, they, they need to be. Uh, um, you know, uh, when there's sickness in the family, the doctor or whatever, get them into some sort of a clinic, get them into the hospital. At the end of life, it's like put them into a home, you know, kid, you know, just make sure that we're fed and watered and, and so on. And then, and then, you know, somebody else comes in, picks us up when we, we've died and takes us to another home, the funeral home, and they get us ready there and show us off or whatever they do. And, and then someone comes and does a farewell service for us, you know, oh, or a celebration true. of life. Yeah. But at no time does that ever enter into my house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're really out of touch with being being human we are we're out of touch definitely. with our own cycles absolutely you know, that's we're what we're not connected to you were exactly we're not connected to what is life what does it mean to be human yeah. we're not connected to the rhythms of the earth we're not connected to you know i remember having a client who was from overseas and and this person said wow i can buy fruit here tropical fruit in any season Yes, <laughs> and, and it 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 is a bit bizarre, right? It's like, well, wait a sec. How much in alignment are we, and why are we pretending that we, <clears throat> pardon me, need to have all of this as at our beck and call? And I think that sort of sense of entitlement, going back to more, or I want, you know, there's is there enough for me, which takes it down a, another path. 
mm-hmm. and 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 goes into comparison and loneliness and deprivation and lack of perspective because you're right we're, we don't allow ourselves to see illness we don't want to see it we don't want to see it we don't want to look at it we don't nope. want to see suffering we have people that take care of those things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like when you know in the old country when grandpa died grandpa was propped on the dining room table you know? <laughs> right. and people right. came in and they'd have a drink you know and he yep. just he would be there for three yeah. three four days until there, there was a, a funeral service right. there was none of this going to the funeral home with the funeral directors and thousands and tens and thousands of dollars you know you literally propped them up on the, on the dining room table and it still happens in a lot of Europe uh, yes there has been an adoption of some of the western idea but I think that the western thing that I said is if it's yucky we have moved it out and we have found professionals who are mm-hmm. yucky professionals <laughs> to take care of all of those things for us right. so we don't have to deal with it right it's like we don't want to grow up no, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, exactly. no, I'll just stay in the Willy Wonka, you know, place. Yeah, Peter and- Pan for days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Pan for a lifetime. Right. I'm not growing up. I'm going to grow old, but I'm not growing up. Right. Yeah. We have to take a break. So Peter Pan's going to say, we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Imagine Place, where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theory. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformation Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrated personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas, and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you, too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, uh, I just want to remind you too that you can call us. Uh, we're at 1 346 9141, and that is a toll free number. Um, you know, so what's, what's, what's going on here? You know, this is really, uh, you know, I, I happen to be um, very uh, uh, connected into the whole addictions area. I've worked in this field for so long. Uh, right. 
and in a couple of countries doing it and, and so on. And I've also lost people to it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's really, uh, oh, people yeah. die. It's tragic. You know? It's tragic. It really is. So, you know, COVID has just presented one of the biggest obstacles, and I mentioned it, and that is the disconnect. Yes. You know, when they say that we need to socially isolate, it is the wrong words because it's, it's physically isolate, mm-hmm. not socially. We, we are such social beings and we need people. And anyone who is already in some level of, you know, recovery is cut off. There's no AA meetings. There are nope. no uh, smart recovery meetings. Um, they have gone online, but... You know, it's like a lot of stuff. People are like, I don't want to do it online. Well, and online, so many people, as we know, are working online. And the last thing you want to do is just be online again. It's a very different way to uh, try to be connected. And there is something that, you know, we're, we're missing as well a sense of consistency. And consistency helps us feel stable and also helps us feel that we can trust ourselves. But when there's inconsistency from the outside, we have to really, this is forcing us, I think, to be, we're in a pressure cooker where we really have to be incredibly vigilant about, you know, our our self-care around the consistency of how we treat ourselves. And I, I feel for people who are, you know, most people are as uh, are working at least two hours more online, and this then is yeah, having that it's sort of what um, uh, the burnout episode we did where yeah, we yeah. were talking about the with blurred Martez. boundaries with yeah, Martez, yeah. the the blurred boundaries, and that is uh, creates a sort of a shift in the brain where there's no buffer because everyone went from this Im- it was a shock, right? It was an immediacy, and suddenly we had to pivot and adapt. It was. And, that throws everybody off. And if we don't have good s- skills to deal with stresses, then you're going to reach for something that you believe is going to give you either a sense of power or a sense of stability. Right? Uh, yep, absolutely. I'll have a scotch there, please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something, right? You know. uh, in my living room as I'm sitting here yelling for a scotch. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that blurring, you know, is like um, between, our, you know, our, our, uh, our life uh, that's private or our personal life and our professional life. But then, you know, a lot of people are still at home 24 oh, hours a day with their exactly. partner, exactly. with their children, their yes. dogs, cats, maybe their mothers, uh, you know, or mother-in-laws. Uh, and there's just, that's just tremendous stress. Tremendous stress. I can't, you know? I mean, the it can parents confusing I- too. Is your spouse your boss? Like, it's almost like, it's almost like a psychotic break like a crossover of transference there well and 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 if if we look at this i like that you use the word psychotic break because when we look at this from again uh, a sense of consciousness then that's that saying that ram das uses where you know in order to find your true self you have to lose your mind but i feel for the parents who are at home with young kids who don't understand who need that sense of 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 touch and play and yep. I just think those parents need, you know, gold medals and lots of support <laughs> and money, whatever it is, because those are the future. Those children are mm. our future. And if we neglect our communities, then those kids are going to suffer. They are. Know, they, Absolutely. They, they, they're going to be. I was talking to a, a colleague of mine and she was saying how she overheard one of her daughters uh, singing and 
they were talking about, you know, oh, this person, there was, I don't know what they were singing, but little girls, and, and this person got the flu and then she died. And so it's, it's, this is the awareness that some kids are picking up, which also contributes to fear and then stresses. And then again, okay, I have to do something to get out of this stress state mm-hmm. and I want to numb myself or, you know, just get out of the zone, whatever and that zone young is. Young children don't have a intellectual capacity. They can be smart, but their brain does not mature intellectually that they can make you know, sort of deductive reasoning exactly. until they're eight years old. Yes. So these kids are simply reacting. Yeah. They're incredibly reactive. And as we all know that if an emotion is strong enough, it lodges in our body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so if these, we don't, yeah. And if, if we, we don't do if anything we, or understand it. Right, right. And and that's why I think movement, we're not moving the way we used to. That's the other thing. Um, so, you know, eating. I got myself. We, People are we, eating. Yeah. Eating, eating everything, <laughs> sitting, and then and then you don't feel good. You've, you're not going out the way you want to, exercising. You can't because I can't get on the elevator. I'm too fat. Exactly. So I got myself a mini trampoline, did I tell you? No, really? <laughs> did you yes, really? Yes, I did. I did. Oh, I really did. I'm coming over after the show. <laughs> I love trampolines. It's awesome. I did. I, it's, I love it because I'm online a fair bit. And in order As a for trampoline me to, artist? since they closed all the strip places down here (laughs) there may be an opening oh no oh no 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 that wouldn't wouldn't be no wouldn't be something people would pay for um so so the thing is is that you know the trampoline is actually for me i enjoy it because it's there's an element of fun but it's also very quiet and it's also simple and i can move it i don't it doesn't take up a lot of space but the movement piece i'm seeing a lot with you know not only my own life but in clients that people are just not moving that you know going to meetings walking between offices Mm -hmm. you know going to work riding their bike back and forth people are afraid to well they're not just they're not afraid i'm not finding people are afraid it's just that they're not that's not required anymore because they're supposed to stay home and work so, so it, it really does change so many things. And yeah, it perpetuates this, this sense of, I need something else. And I think that's the danger around addictive behaviors. It's that I need something. And that belief, when we have it in our heads that we are not enough, or we need something outside of us, yep. leads to more addictive behaviors. Yeah, you know, there's a reason why they call uh, liquor spirits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, as yes. we're trying to get that spirit back in there, you know, feed yeah. the spirit, the soul right. in the hole, or the hole in the soul, you know. Right. So people drink for a whole lot of reasons. Yes. Uh, you know, what we do know is one of the most powerful uh, triggers is stress. And we've done, a, you know, a few shows on stress mm-hmm. because people are burned out from stress. They're burned out from COVID. They don't want to hear about stress. And yet those are the very things that are going to kill us. You know, stress 90% of every reason that people go to a doctor, uh, for like for a GP, is from a stress-related illness. Definitely. I see that in practice all the time. I sh- I'm s- sure you do. That someone may have a physical complaint, but typically the majority are absolutely connected to stress and absolutely yeah. connected to the emotional and the spiritual realms, however you want to describe it. It's just unconscious. It's something that maybe they're not quite aware of, but it is that sense of, okay, now that this has arrived, because that's the danger around, 
you know, labeling. And, you know, labeling is great for information, but it also gives it a presence. And I think that we are looking at how do we work with this, again, the addictive relationship and in terms of handling stress, because stress is our perception of an issue. Yes. You know, it's the perception and the belief. And it's a learned belief. It is a learned belief. Yes. Yes. But it's it's difficult. Well, I shouldn't say difficult. It is. It's challenging and it does take, uh, you know, effort to, or willingness, I should say, to be willing to see a problem differently. And respond and, and, to it instead of reacting to, to it. it. Yeah. You but know, it, most it, people learn this reaction thing from our parents. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but we can't. Oh, the sky's falling in. Oh, Hanny Penny, go sit down. Right. You know, how the sky's falling and, and so on. And and then you discover that what, you know, they used to do is, is their song and dance. It's like, really? What? You know, because that was my parents, you know, uh, number or whatever. Well, uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, for me, it I mean, was, it's what we observe. Yes, definitely. And, and, and you know, going back to what you were saying with um, it, sort of the in terms of home life, but also relationship to things like alcohol. In my household, growing up as children, we were, as kids, we would always have a little bit of wine with a little bit of water at major, you know, whether it was Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter with these big family events. And it really did, you know, there wasn't any sort of uh, mystery around alcohol. And, and, you know, it, it, it did take out sort of, it was like, okay, well, that was there. And, but it didn't make it something that, oh my God, I, I, it's a, a secret and it's bad. And it's, you know, I'm doing something because that's part of the seduction is sure. that, you know, I'm that doing re- something because wrong. Because it feeds our rebelness. Yes. That rebel yes. part of us in our teens that we have to, we have to have that rebel part there. Oh, totally. You know? Totally. Uh, but it's also, yes, it becomes very seductive when we haven't been exposed to it. So we're going to have to like get our kids smoking marijuana now too. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I think, I think who knows what's going to happen, right? It's like it's like this is this is really breaking so many things apart. It's and, staggering. And it is staggering, and I I feel for for the people who are really suffering, where they are just they don't have the supports, and and that awareness of how to know that there's a deeper self, because I think that. Honoring that deeper self will helps to shift people from addictive behaviors when they they know it. They know they know that something that they're doing to themselves is ultimately harmful. Yeah, and yep. and to the relationships in their lives, right? And given you know, given a profound change in one of those factor things like relationship or job that you know feeds them differently, addiction is going like that. Yeah. Yes. It, People drop, oh, no, I couldn't, I'm just, blah, blah, blah. replace it in with something. Now, again, some, some addictive behaviors are much more acceptable in our society. They sure are. Being a workaholic is that, hey, yeah. that guy, he's, you should see what, he works like hours and hours and hours just so he can, you know, you know, get his kids good vacations and to the right schools and all that kind of stuff. And I think so, exercise is up there too. Oh, exercise you know, is right you know, in up there. In terms of, oh, somebody's yep. got a six pack and they have 3% body fat and, and you know. Oh, yeah, that's going to do th- them well when they get a really bad infection. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but but it, it, it creates this sense of, fat. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's it's okay. It's permissive. There's a permissiveness yep. around, oh, yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm restricting my calories and working out like crazy. And I have this ripped body. And, 
it's okay because we we put that out in the media as this is what we're supposed to look like. Yeah. Which, and if you're doing then a lot of dating of a whole lot of different people, then you're just the Casanova. Uh-huh. Right. Right. right? And, and of and, course, and, if it's a female versus a male, too, carries a whole set of different stigmas. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Unfortunately. And, and, and yeah, unfortunately, and I think that you know the self care right now because what I'm seeing with clients is that it's really, to me, and even in my own life, around giving myself permission to be very uh, disciplined. And I mean disciplined because the word discipline comes from disciple, right? Which is like learning. So it's the idea that that how do I learn about myself and take the lead on my self-care instead of waiting for someone else to give me the direction or the guidance. And and we, we, we can't operate as if things are back to normal because they aren't. And, you know, expecting that we can perform the way we were prior to COVID right. is not reasonable. It's like not we realistic. We can't go back. We, well, we can't. And we can't expect that our in-person meetings, you know, are going to be the same as our online meetings that we're going to feel the same. We're going to feel okay. We'll be, it's not, you feel quite drained. You know, you can feel quite drained. Definitely. Definitely. You know, like in 300 years, the stories are going to look back and say, we're not sure exactly what happened. All of a sudden they move from shaking hands to bumping elbows. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's kind of like the extent of it is like touch elbows, but still six feet apart. Uh, yeah, and and that, and that and again that contradiction of you know six feet and yet it it moves all the time. It seems like stays six feet apart, but yet there you know there are places where you're going to be closer than that for whatever. And that's reason, what the mask whether does. It's schools. That's and why the mask is so important. Well, but then you have mucous membranes of the eyes. So Wear glasses. to me, the well, it, it keeps going. It keeps going. And at the end of the and then day, there's your ears, and then well, yeah, yeah, no. Well, I, but what I I'm what I'm frustrated with is that nobody's talking about strengthening your immunity in case you do get this there's no guarantee but do what you can for yourself regardless there's no guarantee you might get it you might die who knows but there are ways to you know use common sense and lots of natural foods that can help you but you know that's a different topic totally but you know the the addiction part is is really the fear i think it's part of it's rooted in fear and lack of control uh-huh. And suddenly dependency. And an inability to understand our own feelings, especially yes. to handle anxiety. Yes, definitely. You know, we don't have, nobody teaches us this. No one says, here, sit down. You're looking a little nervous. Let me show you what to do with it. You know, I mean, I was lucky, even though I was still nervous all the time, but my grandmother was always there. You know, if I had a headache, she would like, you know, put her hands on my head and it just took it away. You know, or, yeah, or beautiful. have me do breathing. Well, I took a course years ago called Transformative Mindfulness, and what was really interesting, and you probably know know this, Gord, but it was basically using creativity, and this is also done in Mm. in shamanic work as well, is that you use metaphors, and and you describe anxiety with words, and using something like, it's like a racehorse running around inside of me, or drawing a, a, a picture or painting or creating something to represent the feeling because that then can you can sort of release it this is the idea that we we don't learn that we can release these emotions to be carried into the spiritual realm for us or to the earth where it can be transmuted and i think that's where ceremony like using fire or being around water well there's actually a modality that you can put someone through uh uh 
that uh, uh, Gendland uh, did focusing. And it's like, get in touch with that racehorse. What does the racehorse look like? Yeah, uh, What color is the racehorse? Beautiful. What does the racehorse want to tell you? Exactly. If they That's could ex- speak to you right now, what are they saying? And they're, they're just sort of in a meditative, you know, visual space and, and working it through. And then what does the horse tell you about the outcome here? Or what can the horse tell you about how can you calm down more? Or, you know, I mean, it's really quite, quite uh, it's a great, great technique if someone's not moving very much and they've, you know, they have some visual or they, they're good with metaphors or whatever, yeah. is to actually work with uh, focusing. Yes, and, and I didn't know it was called that, but that was very similar to the transformative mindfulness. It was yes, from a woman absolutely. named Decky Lee Oldershaw, and she used to be one of the, she was in robes for a while with the Tibetan monks, but but mm. it's very similar where you actually have a dialogue with whatever you've created, yeah. and it creates a separation because then you realize, I'm not this addiction, I'm not right. this behavior, right. and that's what we need to hear more. And I'm not those feelings, and I'm yeah. not my thoughts, you exactly. know. Which brings us then to, to well, then who are we? <laughs> Which is I don't like, know. I don't know. I don't even know what planet I got off on, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> uh, yeah, that connection piece, you know, is really with the, you know, 12 steps being shut down. They're not, 12, 12 steps isn't perfect, but 12 steps has saved so many lives, you know, yeah. it really has. And it s- supplies that connection piece. Um, right, right. And there's a lot of relapses as a result of it shut down. Uh, we need to break it. here. I believe it. Yeah, there is. There is. We need to take a break here. Um, you're listening to Things Worth Considering, and we will be back on the other side of these commercials. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. 
Hi, welcome back. Um, you know, we were just talking about um, uh, the whole thing of connections and that loss of it. When when we can't connect to other people uh, immediately, um, you know, one of the most powerful things we can learn to do is to be connected with ourselves. Yes. Uh, and it's so hard, though. It really it is. It is hard. It is, yeah. And I think that's the discomfort that people are feeling. We're not used to spending so much time alone and turning inward and being reflective. It's, it's very, very, very challenging. Beyond. Beyond, yeah. you know. Um, we have to also understand, too, the, 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 when we have a loss of our social connection, that depression becomes very much a part of it. You know, and, and, you know, women are more likely to identify stress or identify stress or stress depression than men will. Mm-hmm. Men try to keep themselves busy doing stuff yeah. when they're actually depressed. Yeah. And so it, it can be uh, uh, quite, uh, uh, it's like, it's like a, a, a smoke, smoke screen. We go, oh, he's just doing his thing. And then the next thing you know, he's dead. Right. You know. Uh, yeah. I think that we all need to become aware of how those who are closest to us, including our neighbors and so on, how what men are like, what women are like, um, who um, have depression, who are using substances, uh, who are really affected by by this this worldwide shutdown. Yeah, you know, remember this hasn't happened. This has never happened before. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we we had a bad pandemic. You know, but we also had AIDS, and AIDS was a very bad pandemic, which is still in in force. Mm-hmm. It's just that in North America, we're like, well, people really aren't dying from it nearly mm-hmm. as much, so we don't really think about it. There's right. still like 26 million people who are infected, exactly, uh, who exactly. are who have don't have access to medications, right? And therefore, you know, they're they're in a, a very precarious situation with that illness. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, you know, and, and waiting for, you know, I think everyone's waiting for this magic bullet, you know, this vaccine. No, and, that's, and, and that just, vaccine isn't, you know, it's, yeah. No, it's not, it's not going to happen. It takes years, it takes years. It really does know? take years. It takes and, years and, and years and years. And I think that this is why our, we're, we're being forced, many of us, I think, to step into being more aware adults. And knowing that I think the forgiveness around addictive behavior in the self is so important to to see that it's a reach for connection. It's a reach because I feel uncomfortable or I feel sad or I feel lonely. But, you know, going back to your point around paying attention to our family members and loved ones and friends and strangers even, right? Anybody who's, who's out there, everybody. Yep. And, and also keeping in mind the self. The self has to be first because we know that it's that you know that that saying of putting on your own ox- oxygen mask first because right. because that has to happen in anyone with you know you can't rescue someone from an addiction they they I can't rescue Ever. somebody from anything <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know they you have to just focus on yourself without being selfish but it's the sense of the more the more that we are fed and we're able to feel a sense of okay I have this capacity I have this bandwidth then we can sort of, you know, be there for others in, in different ways, especially when they're struggling, because many, many people are struggling. And, yes. and it's exhaustion, it's fear, it's stress, it's the unknown. It's also the continuation that, you know, oh, we'd be back to normal by now. And yeah. no, no, that's See, here's not the happening. problem, though, is that it's unspoken. 
Yes. It's silence. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, silence is like secrecy is the, the, a deadly combination. They really are. You know, middle-aged and older men with an alcohol dependency and mood, dis- or mood disorders are w- one of your highest-risk categories for suicide. You oh, know, I believe it. Absolutely. You know, middle-aged and, 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 you know, and the older a man is, the greater the likelihood of taking himself out. You know, uh, because he's lost all his buddies, his wife's probably dead, or his partner. Well, and if someone was really attached to their work and their sense of purpose, because I think that people that have lost their jobs or looking for now, what do I do? Or that's self-esteem. If if yeah, they've been let go, and there and there's we have an ageist society, right? We don't honor our elders, as you've said many times. Mm. We don't honor that wisdom piece. Yeah, Yeah, and I think that. All of this is just, it's big a big hot pot of stirred stuff. And, you know. <laughs> Stir that pot. <laughs> and, and, and the question is, okay, how do I, how do I help myself? And I, I think that, I don't know, that's different for everybody. It's totally different for everybody because everybody experiences stress differently yes. or anxiety differently. You know, yes. what some person is like, it's barely tolerable. The other person's just breezing through, you know, yeah. um, and it doesn't make one better one. You know, it's just that the mechanisms that we have internalized um, are working differently. It doesn't mean, though, that the person who's breezing through, it will always stay there. Right, right. You know, right. it's working there today. And, I think and, and just, be, yeah. Sorry, that, that being said, I think also, you know, what I'm finding what's very helpful is have a sense of, you know, in terms of forget about so much plans, but more about intention of how you want to feel on a regular basis. And then what I often suggest that people do is definitely establish a sense of routine or structure to the best of your abilities and make it simple. Keep it. There's so many studies that say that that's really important for the human mind. Knowing, knowing what we know about addictions and habitualness Yes. That it only makes sense, you know, that if we have some level of regularity and repetition, our brain's going to be a lot nicer to us. The brain li- <laughs> yeah, the brain likes to habituate. And, oh, and we see that in little children and in, in animals, that the routine is very important. You know, it's a sense of knowing what time it is. And we have to lead for ourselves. To And I, I always tell people, keep it incredibly simple. Do not make it complicated or a laundry list of what you're going to do because it won't work. It's not sustainable. Especially right ha- now. Especially right it now. It changes day by day. It, yeah, moment by moment. I say, yeah. you know, breath by breath. Just one, <laughs> you know, how am I at this breath and the next breath? But yeah. that, that softness of structure where it's sort of like, a, you know, it's like meditative practice. You know, I remember, um, I think I've said before, there's a teacher I had, Cynthia Bergeau, who, who talked about spiritual practice is basically like the riverbanks of a river. And I think it also comes in Sufism as well, where mm. it's that sense of that's what it's doing. It's allowing flow movement but yep. there is something that is a support that that's that it really is pushing us into a realm of is there the well not is there but the importance of i believe spirituality in our lives for sure that's what i right, feel right, 2020 right. is about what's really interesting i'm actually going to lecture on this tomorrow night are you the, at the circle is um the freezing is wearing off and people are making major major life decisions now yes uh, you know, so people were like, uh, we cleaned up a little bit. Uh, this was leading into it. Then we froze. And now they're like, huge decisions are being made. 
at a time of massive uncertainty. There's a really interesting movement going on here that I'm observing. That's that's actually quite interesting because I have heard, um, you know, many relationships breaking up and also big moves of, you know, out of the city or moving to a different place, maybe across the country. And, and I think that who knows? I think it's it's interesting. I, I have I feel like it sort of made people get a sense of what's really, really important and how do I want to live the rest of my life? And what am I doing, you know, chasing or what am I doing on this treadmill when I'm not happy? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like people are um, maybe, for lack of a better word, making a leap of faith. You know? Because these are these aren't little... These are little changes like getting a hat, <laughs> getting your hair done. You know, uh, I think I'll get my hair cut today. Uh, right. um, shave the beard Or cut off. your own hair. Do or your cut own my hair. own hair, shave the beard <laughs> off. Um, it's really big stuff that they're doing. Yes, yes. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested in what's going on. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'm glad you're going to be talking about that tomorrow. It's it's very, very interesting. And I think, again, it's also very important because it's allowing people to go, oh, I'm not the only one making these huge decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I think that, again, this this shifting around, it's just a shift, but we have no idea where we're landing. And no. <laughs> the only thing we can do is is really just be responsible for our own well-being. And when we need help, reach out as much as we can but the structure and the routine is incredibly important you know my i was talking to my brother the other day and he was saying a few weeks ago he's like oh it felt really good to actually get dressed in my work clothes and go to work go to the office and and go sit on the porch yeah it was this it it was a sense of 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 he he felt more in his groove and i think you know, it, it is an adjustment all the time. We're constantly adjusting. But I tell people, don't expect that you can perform the way you were and make no. sure that when you're online working for hours, that if you're take on a breaks. meeting, take a break and just check out. Give yourself, what are they going to do? Fire you? I don't think that's going to happen. No. People, no. too many businesses. who are they going to get in touch with at 10 o'clock at night? That's right. Well, the boundaries <laughs> boundaries are huge. Knowing yeah. availability and, and really turning off in a big way, unplugging in a big way, because it's constant inundation. And of course, the fear from the, you know, the media showing cases, but they don't talk about recovery. They don't talk, but that's, that's always missed, right? So, totally. so it, it just, it's being very discerning. It's developing a palette for choosing what are you going to take <laughs> in to your, to your consciousness? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, one of the things about, you know, getting aware of, you know, maybe drinking too much or, or some of the addictive behaviors that you may or habitual behaviors you've picked up sitting at home waiting for, you know, the train to arrive, take you back to work, um, is don't pair your activity with another activity. So if, if you know, you want to have a drink, then have a drink, but go and just have a drink. Mm, okay, interesting. But don't so grab do a mean? drink and go and sit down and watch TV. Ah, I see. Yes, yes, yes. Because your yes. brain is now going to associate that behavior of drinking with that behavior of sitting there and just watching television. Right, right. It's you like know. doing work in bed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your work, take Where your laptop, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, see, and it's still the way I get my legs up. <laughs> right, right, right. Because because it, it's like suddenly your bedroom becomes your office. And then people, again, going back to being at home, some people have had to work out of their bedrooms. 
if they don't yeah, have yeah. the space, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah. um, the, um, uh, you know, what, although I'm, I'm going to just mention here, you know, a couple of things with, with around alcohol, this mm-hmm. is applicable anywhere. An addiction is an addiction is an definitely, addiction. Definitely. You know, as AA says, a drunk is a drunk is a drunk. And it's only the arrogance that tells us that I'm different than they are, so I don't need to do it this way. Or the socio-demographic piece. Oh, well, look at those. Right. You know, they're homeless. They haven't brushed their teeth in a week, blah, blah, blah. And thereby, the grace of God go I. Any one of us could be in that position. Absolutely. Any one of us. Yeah. Any and that needs us. to really be understood. So, you know, the, the whole idea of talking today about uh, addictions and and you know, um, how we're taking care of ourselves secretly needs to not be a secret. It needs to come out. And, and it's not shameful. No. We're, these, these, are, these are, you know, old, old human ways of taking care of ourselves. These are learned behaviors that are genetically implanted somehow, you know, in terms of how our brain works. Well, and I, and I also think, again, it's reflective too, Gord, of... The culture we live in, we don't live in a community-oriented culture where we, most of us don't live in neighborhoods. Condos become very isolating and very lonely in many ways. Tell me about it. Yeah, and and I think that this keeps contributing. So it's showing us that, yes, the systems we have, what we've developed, like Julie was saying last time, they're, they're not working. And they were designed for something else, but this is the consequence. This is the result. Yes, and, you it know, is. It, you know, the, yeah. the, the sense of... Okay, and wearing wow. a mask and only two people at a time is like, oh, okay. right. And everybody and, looks at everybody suspect. Yeah, that's and that's the that's sad <laughs> because that's the fear right. and not not being you know able to trust themselves and yeah. and trust their abilities to you know basically deal with whatever's coming. We all can do it. We all can do it. Everybody, but we and also we all need, all need supports. Help. We need yeah. we need help. It just uh, for people to know, uh, um, should you feel that you need to reach out or need more information, uh, AA uh, can be reached on the internet at um, uh, just literally, well, www, of course, uh, aa.org. And that's a 12-step program, a non-step 12 program, excellent program, is Smart Recovery, smartrecovery.org. And they have some excellent uh, programs and meetings. Uh also, you know, if you um, or any friends are, are uh, you know, feeling that they're at their rope's end and uh, thinking of uh, doing something like suicide, um, please know your local number and, uh, or, or the police to be taken to a local hospital. Um, you, you matter. And uh, today's not a good day to do it anyways. Yeah. So. Love that. <laughs> Love that, yeah. Cord. Not today. So. Uh, 911, anywhere here in North America. So uh, we're looking out for you. Uh, look out for each other. And we will be back again next week with a surprise guest, maybe. Who knows? Yep. We don't even know what's happening next week, but we'll be here. That's right. Have a great week, folks. Good night. For tuning into Things Worth Considering, please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 